0: Hey, all right, and welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation about music. And our conversation this week is with Robin Waddy of Big Brave. Big Brave released their fifth LP, Vital, on Southern Lord Records in April. Very exciting and super fun conversation to share with you all this week thank you for joining us thank you to Namdi for our intro music Marcus Nuccio for our graphics each week you can see all those on our website betteryapod.com invite you all to rate and subscribe on apple Podcasts and leave us a review you can also follow us on bandcamp .bandcamp betteryapodcast.bandcamp.com springtime's here y'all I've been feeling the vibe singing the spring cleaning song from Rocco's Modern Life all the time. You Remember that spring cleaning? Spring cleaning. Actually, spring cleaning around these parts is moving and consolidating your moving boxes that you've had sitting in the same spot since we moved. And you know what? That's okay. Jay and I... We do things how we do, but we're both getting our second vaccine shots tomorrow, so soon enough we're actually going to have some people over to our house, which is exciting, great even, especially when it comes to organization around here. I work better under a deadline, like that Mitski song, been reading Alex Ross's The Rest is Noise, a book about 20th century music and I'm loving. I can't recommend it enough for anyone interested in quote-unquote classical music. Uh, He's been talking plenty about Duke Ellington and Charlie Parker as well. There's a great story in there about uh, Stravinsky going to see Charlie Parker in a club and Bird is soloing. And so great! I just went to an estate sale recently. And then he throws lived in, in the first a few Parazzo, from right spring. like Northwest Indiana, Which is close to Chicago. Not the name of the. Um, ballet. I went to an estate sale and it's there was the a Right ton of, of like Steve Reich <laughs> record that I bought. <laughs> <he> from <for> <laughs> those first, it's <laughs> yeah. oh, such a cool find. It's like music so for eighteen musicians. Gotcha! I
1: love that. shit Speaking of crazy find.
0: yeah, to tie things. To it's our amazing. conversation this week with Robin and Wadi. So uh, you you live in Montreal, right? Made Did you grow up records records there at Hotel? Uh, yeah, Fango, I've been here. My hometown of Montreal. My whole life, pretty much. Which I moved gave here Gave me a great excuse to listen five many times. Oh wow! Times yeah, over the past. Your your folks just living there? North Star deserter. Uh, no, my mom lives in Alberta. Vic Chestnut, uh, I don't know my biological. He bond, made up there. Oh wow! I don't know and some. So of the your mom's God's in Alberta. When did she so head out there? Zion folks.
1: And um, six years ago, but you she Yoda. she
0: beautiful records because she's you've never heard them before. It's uh-huh. a great place moved to start. To
1: Alberta at a young age with Vic, and uh, which can
0: be an intimidating and, uh, catalog. Had me
1: very young, and, then and even though those records come late Montreal, at the cuts, actually the last Vic Chestnut record. And then we saved her for was both a go until she
0: and then do West of Rome until she drowned. Oh, the wow. First Six two. years ago, yeah. There you go. There's your studio. homework for this weekend. Uh, well, what's well, more fun than homework? My as well. She Our got Patreon. Patreon.com um, Patreon. um, Patreon. Patreon. um, slash better yet podcast is a pretty Alberta. fucking good time. And then we, we all talk about the passion they on Patreon. I listed my top five then, REM songs. And then... I mean, then they were an also awesome contribution young. this week. So, Robin, anything you pick up on in Brave, especially if you read a lot of interviews... Is the and influence then, uh, of minimalist composers yeah. like Steve Reich yeah, and John Cage? Yeah. So they're I mean, in o- a great group. And with your that your stuff mom's in Alberta now. Months, Alberta. So I asked Robin to make us a mix of, for the Patreon of and the stuff and the, she sent uh, over. Rodeo, all of it was great. Right? <laughs> Lots of stuff. Yes, yes. i would never rodeo. come across <laughs> Stampede <laughs> tour, the Calgary Stampede. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, all. Yeah. That's over music on Patreon. Patreon.com Slash better yet um, podcast. Well, We got a couple of tiers of pledging ye, uh, over there. All money is split yes, evenly I between in. the show, um, the guests, my mom, and organizations uh, she, chosen by our guests. She did listen we pay to our music, guests. but... Tell it your publicist. It was
1: like radio. We're paying Robin and, for her uh, time she this had
0: week. Some, and we're also sending money to uh, the she Native had some women's Shelter. Tapes like just, in Montreal, just a handful of tapes. If you want to support them oh. and, and support if one the was show? A, go to patreon.com dot uh, it. slash Madonna's Madonna's Podcast. All right, Bob is my guest this called? week. Okay. She had this bread. This
2: bread, brave, big, brave, soft rock from the
0: seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, an insanely great trio. From I forget what the other tape was, but Canada, then there was by Robin a cylindion, like at her old, old stuff when Matthew she just started Ball.
1: singing in English. Yeah, on a on thing. Big
0: Rave was originally a minimalist, meaning <laughs> ambient project <laughs> like that not, evolved into something not musical greater. At all, when they uh-huh, started but, playing electric
1: guitars, uh, and definitely amplifiers. just Robin
0: and Mathieu held onto those minimalist origins like in their compositions but royalty royal in that part of nasty. the country, <laughs> especially yeah. tone, yeah. Robin's vocals soaring. so what was, soaring what kind of music the, were of were you bringing in i guess when really when were you getting into music on your own um, oh, o de la which um, made with an like F when, F when i
1: started acting actively... to
0: tango their Listening first record, to music, also on Southern Lord. Um, Ardor would follow in 2017. Like a and in 2019, listener, really. I listened they made a gaze to Gaze Among Them so it was mostly, um, in Rhode Island with Seth Manchester. Um, Quick aside, if you listen to this show, you remember in 2019, I, listened to I had a major surgery on my tummy whenever anyone a gaze else Among introduced them came me introduced me. But it was mostly, time, it was that time. My introduction like to this band stuff. was that record, mm-hmm. um, following a crazy traumatic like, event in my life. and... Not to endorse the behavior. I loved music and I loved whatever I was listening
2: to
1: and I found... Great,
0: great um, introduction. I found joy. I spent in a lot of time with Big Brave. To that summer, I wrote about in, the record Post Trash, probably, me, probably the last album um, I've written. There were like so many other things going on in my shout life. Shout out to Dave Collis. It wasn't I had a, uh, fucking holding it wasn't a priority. Over there. But Matt here's the here, thing about Big Brave. They make music this record a gaze like among them. It's one of the loudest things I've ever heard. And then they dropped this new record, Vital, and even louder. This is a Actively conversation that I was so looking forward to. This band music makes music and, that's so evocative. It's so visual. Couldn't wait to get into uh-huh. the like process. He has more
1: of a, With Robin, of a Robin though, was
0: a little sad. intimidated going into like, it. I think like a music lover's like history. A like a regular artist, music and that's true. But she's also of, a very to <laughs> fun human. Which we had some I think early is odd some recording hiccups that ease the conversation up, especially for me. Really nicely... It turned into one of the most fun conversations I've had on this show. So we've so right. seen, so listening to, like other stuff I, going on. interested exactly in other everything. things. Like I know no. that you do meetings mm-hmm. on the case among them. Were you always doing visual stuff too? Yeah, um, I I was mostly into
1: uh, drawing and painting. Mostly drawing. Uh, I was mostly on that, but I also didn't really grow up. Mom, my poor mom, like, basically raising quite by herself, um, had to work all the time, so I was also preoccupied with taking care of my sister, I basically raised her. Mm. And, um, so, between that and trying to keep my grades up in school, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, I was just like, ah, uh, music was a plus, I would spend hours on, in my room, or actually hours watching tv and drawing and playing with my sister basically
0: yeah. yeah that sounds i mean looking back it's very sweet i know that there's yeah. a lot <laughs> a lot of instability and like it's 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 tough when uh, you get something like that put on your shoulders as a kid but like mm-hmm. damn that sounds sweet are you yeah. close with yeah. your sister still
1: um well we're very different people so it's like hard to find like we're polar opposites Mm. um um, so it's hard to find some common ground but like we've always we've always had each other's backs and um we're not as close as I think we both would really like to be but I think it's because we're just very different we have different Mm. interests we think differently about things Um, um
0: for sure yeah do you go to college?
1: Uh, I did. I went to well, in Quebec there's um, high school only goes to eleventh grade. Uh
2: huh. And then Grade eleven right? a
1: th- grade eleven.
2: Yeah.
1: And then yeah. Uh, and then there's Sagep. <laughs> <Sejep. laughs> yeah. And then there's Sejp, um, which is college, but it goes from like a two year sort like I think Think it's Quebec's way of integrating the youth into the, the the work, the working class quicker. Uh-huh. If you didn't want to go to university per like per se, and you actually just wanted to learn a trade, that was your chance to do it quicker. So you we still had curriculum to follow like the rest of the provinces, um, but you can you can actually go into the working professionals um, right after uh, Sejep, So I studied illustration and design. Some people would study industrial design or um, learn a trade in those two to three years. Um, But then after Sagep there's university. um, And then you can go on from there, get your master's, PhD. Mm -hmm. after your bachelor's and stuff
0: it's pretty interesting that it's so different just for the province of Quebec
1: yeah yeah I much prefer it like this too because high school sucks ass (laughs) (laughs) I don't know a lot of people that enjoyed their high school years but some people did and that's really cool and I'm glad for them but I was very happy to get out of there once when I did although mind you I was uh you're so young, you're like in your teens and then you're trying to find a career. It's just, it's odd. And a lot of the times people would drop out like myself. I mean, I was also, I was living on my own at that point with a roommate and I was working full time and going to school full time. So Mm -hmm. paying rent ended up becoming a priority. Yeah. So after a year and a half, I dropped out. And then went to the university in fine arts.
0: Yeah. Do uh, uh, painting and drawing still?
1: Yes, painting and drawing. Yeah, specifically painting and drawing. That was the program. And my, that was my major. And then my minor was anthropology. Um, mm-hmm. Two programs that you don't necessarily get a job after graduating
0: from <laughs> yeah there's my there's my english degree right there oh yeah. there we go Ooh, cool. you get it. <laughs> yeah All so let, let me let me ask you like if if we're to take i mean the only example i have of your artwork is a okay, case among them the cover mm-hmm. if you're to take mm-hmm. that and what you did there and like provide a line to i guess your original like interests when you're going into college like what Mm -hmm. what really like spoke to you in terms of art making like what got you what got you pumped
1: good question I think uh I had been drawing since I can remember my mom says like the moment I could hold a crayon I was just drawing on everything Mm -hmm. I think as a kid it was just fun as a teenager it was it was also fun and interesting I didn't really have a like a goal per se but then deciding to go into illustration and design it was just one of those things where the people around me were saying this is the obvious next step for you since you are Mm -hmm. good at drawing Mm -hmm. um go and study drawing and painting and illustration. And, and then, so for me, then it was still just like something that I loved to do. It was, I couldn't not do it. It was, it was like a, you could say it was a compulsion. I, uh, um, but then after, after Sejep I, stopped, I lost all interest in drawing. I had no desire. It completely drained me of even wanting to pick up a pen. Mm. Um, but I realized because illustration design, that program was too structured. Yep. Um, and it's, that program is made for people that want to do illustrations for commissioned work. Mm -hmm. So illustrations for magazines, newspapers, so on and so forth. Um, I tried my hand at it and I hated it um, because it was so restrictive Mm -hmm. um, creatively. Like I had no room to to do anything. I had no creative control or... Anything. It's like when you're um, rigid
0: like that, you can't really, like, venture off into something and, like, follow your instincts. Because, I mean, that doesn't always turn out right. So it's like there's way too much risk involved in branching out.
1: Right. And then I decided to go back to school. And why I decided to go into painting and drawing, I don't quite know why. But (laughs) it was... Of course, everyone around me was saying that it was the logical next step. like well, if that was too structured, you do have some talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so why not try fine arts? And I did it. Um, I got I learned a lot actually. Um, mm-hmm. I also learned a lot in illustration design with regards to uh, the technical aspect of drawing. Um, and then in fine arts, I learned how to conceptualize work and how to think about your work, um, period. Um, Mm -hmm. But then also uh, dive deeper into what exactly you want to put out there. And so the line, so in illustration design, it's very structured. It's very technical based, um, very rigid Mm-hmm. And then you go to fine arts, which is which is you don't even have to have quote-unquote technical drawing abilities or painting abilities. You just have to have really good ideas and yeah. try to convey them the best way you can um, thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you have to think about everything. And so it was really interesting to go from this like, rigid line work to actual free-flowing painting and drawing and just like loosening up and having room to explore and um, think about uh, what I wanted to do and what I wanted to say with drawing and painting um that was the first time I ever painted was in like for real like uh, mm-hmm. uh in in painting and drawing at in university um oh wow yeah and that was that opened up a whole other world um and then art to me be, well visual arts to me became something completely different So it went from something that I enjoy doing passively as a hobby to something that I could um, find more meaning in um, and and glean from other artists and be inspired by other artists and be pissed off by other artists. And
0: I love being pissed off at other artists. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's. I do get a joy out of it because it's like, oh okay. I still have some kind of um I I don't know what to call it, but like
0: Like core. a bullshit detector or Thank like you. When Thank you say core it's like your core values are always intact and when you see yes. someone trying to pass off some bullshit it's like yes. uh uh <laughs>
1: Yes. Yes. And I'm, I'm glad for that. But I'm also sad about it because I'm mostly like, either I don't feel anything where I, um, I'm not provoked to feel or think anything by the art, which makes me very sad. Um, or I'm pissed off most of the time. Like I, it's very rare that I Mm -hmm. go to galleries and, and be just absolutely inspired or just even struck by um, even as something small as color choice or technique or to, to concept and overall body of work. Mm -hmm. um, um,
0: I feel like inspiration like that comes and goes though. Yeah. You'll, you'll get, you get something that, just hits you when you're not expecting it and it's like oh damn it's like back to that beginning
1: yeah it's true and then it makes me feel um less like a curmudgeon
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like oh,
1: okay i'm not i'm not just upset at everything i'm like oh no no, no. i still have i still have heart and hope and <laughs> love for art
0: (laughs) no when you talk about like conceptual thinking conceptually i have always felt like your band is a very visual band and like you're it's like you're very thoughtful in what your songs are communicating and what they're evoking is that on point
1: yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that comes across. Um, excuse me. Um, absolutely. That is very, very much on point from the get go. Like mm-hmm. even, even before, uh, we, be, uh, started thinking about playing loud music, here and I were playing ambient folky stuff and, even then, it was super conceptual, and mm-hmm. um, he introduced me to all of those minimal composers that you you've mentioned, and yeah. John Cage, and and those, and it blew my mind, and and it was just so easy to run with it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and when you when you started, y'all were playing acoustic and it was mm-hmm. yeah much more of a folky type thing. Well, I guess just to backtrack a little bit like how did you meet Matt originally?
1: Mm-hmm. Um we uh we were roommates. Oh wow. <laughs> I needed yeah, I needed um I was hard up for a place. I was moving out of this one place I had gotten um I signed a lease uh for the new apartment I was going to live in and um, that fell through two weeks before I was supposed to move Mm. and I remember um, I remembered meeting Matsur a few times through mutual friends and uh, uh, he had mentioned at like some barbecue that we were both attending um, that he had an extra room and then when my other apartment fell through I remember just like bombing his facebook being like is that room still available like i'm like freaking out and he's like he was away camping and then he comes back like a few days later and he's like yes it's still available. oh no those
0: <laughs> those three days <laughs> sounds awful
1: it was horrible i'm like where am i gonna live i'm gonna be homeless i can't what's gonna happen and then he was just like, yeah, yeah, it's available. Everything's okay. Um, <laughs> but that's how, that's how it ended up being. Uh, that's how I met him, really. Well, both technically through the mutual friends, but being roommates, that's when we started uh, playing music together. Yeah.
0: And, and yeah. you hadn't played music before this band, right?
1: Right. Um, I, I taught myself how to play the guitar, just basic chords, uh-huh. Um, like, about a year and a half prior to meeting him, um, and, uh, and I would just, like, sing with friends just in our living room,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, nothing, nothing other than that, and then Metsir's like, oh, you have an acoustic guitar, come play in the living room with me and our other friend, and I'm like, okay, and then we just, like, get drunk and goofy and just play stuff, and... It wasn't anything really serious. We would just, like, jam is the word uh-huh. <laughs> in our living room yeah. while we would, like, drink crappy wine and, and, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it intimidating uh, playing with him? Because he's, he's just such a fantastic musician.
1: Right? Yeah. It was super intimidating. I was very scared. Yeah. I was very scared. I I would like wake up the next morning after like one of those like just living room jams with our friends and have deep regret. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, what did I do? Don't do that. You're embarrassing yourself, Robin. You don't even really know how to play the guitar. Like I would be crawling on the 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 the, the neck mm-hmm. to find the chords and but. And he's like, why don't you sing? And I'm like, I guess I I can sing a bit. And then, and then, yeah. And then he also taught me that, um, if whatever position you put your fingers on the neck, um, if it sounds good, Mm -hmm. then there's, then that's it. There's, you don't need to know what it is. In order for it to be legit if it sounds good and then if the next thing you do sounds well together mm-hmm. then that's all there that's all you really need to know and, it's like um, the and that...
0: best thing someone could tell you right yeah
1: yeah i i was so relieved too because um I thought he was like super prolific in the sense of, cause like he would do all of these crazy fingering things and solos. And I'm like, what are you playing? And he's like, I honestly don't know what this chord is. I don't even know what this is. And if I look it up, that's what it says. And I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> <That's so laughs> like he was just funny. so unassuming and like modest and uh-huh. even though he had been playing forever um, and in other bands, like you, he, he played in math rock bands for goodness sakes. And yeah. Here I am this like goofy twenty five year old being like I'll I play the guitar
0: <laughs> <laughs> So how how is it that you start playing with amps?
1: Okay, so so yeah, so then Matt's here and I started to write songs and um I would like noodle around in my room and he already had a bunch of ideas ruminating. Um, and then we would kind of come together and he's like, well, well, do you have anything? And I'm like, well, I have this. And he's like, cool. And then we would work on that and then he would bring stuff and I didn't know what he was playing. So he would like direct me and, Mm -hmm. um, um, and then, and then it got to the point where we had like a collection of songs kind of, and, um, doing, we like covered some songs and our friends were just like, why don't you play a show one day? And mm. we're like, okay. And Mathieu, having all the gear. You need to play a show.
2: Um, <laughs>
1: was like outfitted us. And, and, uh, then we played, we started playing a show. We played a show. <sighs> it was him, myself and our friend, uh, David Mitchell, who was playing bass. Um, and yeah and oh, David Mitchell he was so young he was 19 (gasps) and I was like 25 he was a couple years younger than me but we all looked really young and we have this one picture of us like really tiny on just chairs on a makeshift stage somewhere in a gallery Mm -hmm. in Trois-Rivières, Quebec Um, but that's sort of how we started to use amplification for that project but i was using the acoustic guitar matsur was changing from the electric guitar to the banjo depending on the song or whatever Mm -hmm. and then it got to the point where uh oh no oh what happened was matsur broke the acoustic guitar i was using and by accident Mm -hmm. um And that was my chance to play the electric guitar because I hated playing the acoustic guitar because it was it. They've always been too big for me, Mm -hmm. and it was a steel string, and it hurt my pudgy little miniature sausage (laughs) fingers. I got those too. It's the (laughs) worst. Yeah, I know it is the worst, and I'm just like these are not guitar fingers. Uh Um, But playing electric guitar. Was so much easier, mm-hmm. um, mind you. It picks up all of the crappy things that I would or do, like all my mistakes. So I really had to tighten that up. Uh-huh. So that's when we started to play louder, and we really, we really dove into minimalism and space. That's when John Cage came into the picture for me. That's when he Matsuya introduced me to John Cage, and. That's when we started playing with our friend, Louie, who was drumming. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 we slowly got louder and louder from there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's wild, like, listening back to an understanding between people, Feral, Verdue. But then it's like, la, you're fucking so formed into a new organism.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Is that how it felt then? Like, is this the John Cage point that we're talking about? Because, like, so many of those songs are just, like, one chord for five minutes.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, We tried to do it with Feral Verger, but we were still very much... In the folky kind of thing, and we were still figuring stuff out, um, but Odala is really where I feel like we stepped into um, the space of of those concepts that we were reaching for or or trying to attain. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: And you made that with Ephraim from yeah. Godspeed. Yeah. And Silver. Mount Zion. Yeah. Um, how were you all received in Montreal? When I think of Montreal, I think Ephraim's, like, the person that I think of. So, right. Um, but your band's kind of kind of interesting because I think you fit very well with that, like, you know, post-Godspeed kind of sound. But y'all are so heavy. Mm-hmm. Was my... It yeah. was, like, the scene into what you were doing?
1: Um, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I want to say no. Um, the scene, there was no scene for us per se. There were our friends, um, and other experimental musicians, um, that became our friends through playing shows, through just knowing, like the six degrees of separation Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, and that's, we kind of developed like, and they're still our friends now. Like we're all super, super close so much so that they're in our, uh, COVID bubble. Um, but, uh, no, um, in the beginning, the, 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 the French speak, the Francophone, uh, listeners really took to us Mm -hmm. um the the anglophones did kind of but generally people didn't understand um we we were met with a lot of resistance we also found it really hard to play still do play montreal and um because of we uh, There's some haters out there.
2: Like, yeah.
1: I remember there was this one show that we played and we postered everywhere. And then people just started tearing down our posters. Um, and there was this other show that we played at the bar that actually all three of us worked at at one point. And um, it was in the window, but on the inside of the window... And someone markered over our name on the outside. (laughs)
2: Jesus.
1: (laughs) Like, just weird stuff like that. Like, Uh... I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Um, So, no, not really. Yeah. Yeah. But Ephraim, though, because of him the reception outside of Montreal, even outside of Canada, I could go as far as saying, um, was so much warmer. Mm -hmm. Um, and people were actually interested because Ephraim was like, uh, he he liked what we did and he's like, let me take you under my wing and like helped us with everything. And, um, he just, he, 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 he's the catalyst for us to even become for, for people to actually pay attention to us. His name because of him. Yeah. Um, um, otherwise no one was, no one gave a shit. Wow. <laughs> there were some people that did.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: the few that we reached through playing shows as much as we could, there were definitely some. But but no. No, there no. It it was hard in Montreal.
0: Is it like I feel like there's a similarity maybe not as extreme with y'all on Southern Lord cuz you're a Southern Lord band. It makes yeah. sense. I don't know of another Southern Lord band that sounds quite like you.
1: Yeah, no, no, neither do I, actually. It's
0: wild. <laughs> but they, <Yeah. laughs> they've been, like, on for a while now, right? They've been yeah. really supportive.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we couldn't believe it. I mean, okay, so an example of Ephraim um, helping us the way he did... Um, <laughs> We emailed Southern Lord with the subject saying like, I forget what it was, but like because Ephraim recorded that album, Odala, we wrote, Ephraim from Godspeed recorded this, our album, here, have a listen kind of thing. I forget what the subject was. And then in the email, we're like, dear Lord, here is our album. (laughs) This is recorded and mastered, and here is a live video of one of the songs.
2: <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> and because Greg Greg later spoke to us about this, and because um, he had heard of Godspeed, he clicked on the email.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but he gets emails, he gets these kinds of emails he gets like a hundred of these a day almost, you know, right. Maybe I'm exaggerating, right. but it's like, he gets a lot of emails like this, but really because of Ephraim kind of putting his stamp of approval on us. Um, that, that is the only reason why Greg happened upon our email and opened
0: it. That's wild. Yeah. So you did Odelay and, uh, or Odelà keep wanting to say Odele like that Beck album. Um, <laughs> and our door at yes. Hotel to Tango. Yes. I'm a I'm a fucking Vic Chestnut nerd, so oh, you I are. Gotta ask you about that place.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful place. It's yeah. beautiful in there, and like you enter, it's very unassuming building. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looks like just like a cement rectangle ish building.
0: And I'm you walk a... in
1: and you're like, oh, okay. But there's history in there. Yeah.
0: There's so much history. So much has yeah. happened inside there. I think he called yeah. it a a smartly reworked burglar alarm monitoring fortress.
1: Yes. Because that's what it was. Yeah. I forgot. Yes. <laughs> it, it is so true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They did such a freaking good job. You wouldn't have known walking in there that That's what that was. Because Matt Sier knew about it, of course, and he was like, Yeah, it used to be a burglar alarm distribution mm. making place or whatever. And, uh.
0: So wild.
1: Yeah, it's so wild.
0: So much. Oh, yeah, that's like. That's a place that I would go to, just like. Can I stand in here for just like yeah. a minute?
1: Yeah, and it would Take be it worth it. In- yeah. Yeah, yeah, just so, like. The moment you you walk in it's it's the sort of common area with the shared kitchen and uh there's like this old uh video game what are they called? Like those video game arcade things.
0: Arcade game. Yeah.
1: There we go. <laughs> arcade game. Uh-huh. Um and uh a a bunch of like beautiful furniture and then the door into the studio you walk in and it just opens up and and there's so much space and it's beautiful light and it's uh beautifully decorated and cared for and you can tell that I mean, you can't, I mean, also knowing who's recorded there and who runs the place too, it's kind of very exciting. But if you don't even know, you walk in and you could feel like the history,
2: mm-hmm. the,
1: the the, yeah, it's, I don't want to be cheesy, but I'm going to be cheesy. You can feel the beauty that was made there.
0: <laughs> I believe it. I fucking believe it. Especially, like, you know, Montreal, there's... There's there's all sorts of, like, ghostly energy in that place. Yeah.
1: In Montreal in general? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah?
0: I grew up really into hockey, too. So... Okay. Like, the forum, the old uh, arena where the Canadians played, there's all sorts yeah. of ghost stories from that place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame, though, about that place. It got turned into... Um a movie theater and now the new place where every where they play um
0: the bell center
1: the bell center yeah it's it's disgusting it's just like this huge huge gross place like there's no character
0: mm. it's, so, it yeah. so it goes so it goes so it goes
2: yeah,
0: I would I would say like, oh, how come you didn't stay at Hotel to Tango, but then you make those fucking records with with Seth and yeah. Rhode Island? Yeah, I couldn't believe listening to Vital that it was actually louder than a gays
1: <laughs> I know we couldn't believe it either. We didn't know that we could even go louder or push it that way.
0: It's crazy. Like, yeah. So, here's my A Gaze Among Them story. I had a okay. uh, a surgery on my my abdomen. Oh. I had to get some stuff pulled out. My uh appendix didn't burst, but it opened and like
1: Oh my god.
0: So, I get out of the hospital and I start listening to that record, A Gaze Among Them, and I'm still in like still taking pain pills. <laughs> I don't like to be like, oh, I was taking pain pills. But I tell you what, listening to that record after something like that, when I'm like up late at night with a little bit of hydrocodone in me was just like, yeah, I just all I see is like white coats and like scalpels and like hospital equipment it all just feels like it exists in a clean room when i hear it to this day oh
1: that's really interesting i can't help but wonder if you're okay
0: i'm fine yeah
1: what happened
0: oh it was my appendix it like i had appendicitis and it was like it didn't burst fully but it was leaking for like a year so it finally, like, came to a head, and they ended up pulling this thing out, out of me that was, like, the size of a softball. It was wild. Holy it was, like, a year cat. long that it was just, like, amassing. Yeah.
1: Were you in pain for that whole time?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. And, like, like you must have been in a lot of
0: I've had, like, body pain my whole life, too. I'm, like, like, kind of a chronic pain person. So, like, when when it happened, I was in New Orleans for WrestleMania. And (laughs) and I'm there with, like, my friends. And I'm just, like, miserable. And they're, like, this guy. What? Always with him. It's always something. I'm, like, no, it really hurts this time. It's all good it's odd. shit there.
1: fucking shit
2: though
0: yeah it was scary but yeah you know, it's cool
1: but it was like leaking for a year
0: yeah
1: <laughs> holy fuck like that's insane that you endured that for a year
0: yeah yeah my back hurt uh, all the time and shit it was but. oh my
1: gosh but i get the chronic pain thing if you if you experience pain that like, internal pain that isn't obvious to the outside, mm-hmm. to to people outside, it's, like, it's a very, very, unfortunately, quiet, private suffering, and so then if, like, something big like that happens... You kind of also don't want to give it too much thought or energy because you're already feeling like shit. And so it's just like, oh, it's a fucking other... It's another thing. Yeah. And then you're just coping and coping and coping and coping. And then... <laughs> and then it ends up that your fucking appendix was, like, <laughs> leaking and turning into a softball size of a fucking terrible yeah. mass. Oh, my God you wild. poor guy i'm so sorry well oh. thanks I, fe-
0: I feel very like validated by that oh Thank yeah
1: no but that sucks i get it i get it
0: chronic pain's tough because yeah. yeah it's like you feel like you have to basically like explain to someone that you're not making it up every time and if you don't want to do that then you just don't talk yeah
1: and you suck it up and you don't have Mm -hmm. you and it requires so much energy just to be in pain let alone the extra amount of energy it takes to cope with the pain on a day-to-day right like you can't always Mm -hmm. just lie down (laughs) like you need to keep going and then especially if you live um in a place where you have to pay for the doctor every time you need to see a doctor it's like you're not gonna you're not just gonna get anything checked out you're gonna wait until (laughs) you know it's like serious um but
0: yeah yeah. that's a great thing about about american healthcare because i went and i like went to get an mri because i thought maybe i had a kidney oh, stone yeah. and they're like no no kidney stone and i'm like oh okay well uh i'll just deal yeah i guess yeah
1: and it's like and
0: it like dissipated a little bit so i was like all right well i guess it's just new normal yeah she gets thrown around a lot but anyway
1: right
0: anyway oh i'm sorry um no it's all good that's so <laughs> you're, you're so nice oh, um <laughs> that record though yeah. that record
2: yeah.
0: is something else I tell you what you talk and like just in terms of like concepts and visuals and I think that like the cover really separates it from the others cuz those covers are so dark and this one is just like very very light and also, you know, little little spooky, kind of like futuristic spooky. <laughs>
1: It does kind of look like that, eh? Oh, that's funny.
0: I can't yeah. believe you just said A. <laughs> oh my god, you're so Canadian. I can't oh believe this. Oh
1: my gosh. <laughs> Actually, so, ah. it turns out, it turns out that I say A more than most of the people around me. <laughs> like, even mm-hmm. my friends make fun of me saying A. I even text that's A. Fantastic. A? <laughs> <laughs> no one else does. But we do, yeah, I did, I said
0: A. Oh. I think my favorite moment on that record is on body individual, when you say metal, body unique, metal body, unique metal. Like, fucking that economy.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. That (laughs)
0: minimalism. Do every, each one of those things is so, so evocative.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for even noticing. No one has said anything about that particular thing to date, actually. But it was a moment where I was like, I felt not, I was just like, this is, I felt good about that. I was, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know how to express it, but. i know what you mean yeah you kind
0: of you step back and you're like whoa yeah like (laughs) i did yeah i can't believe how much i like this thing that i did
1: yeah and that's saying something because we're hypercritical of our work um and that was a moment where i'm like i feel like this is solid like i can almost be Proud of it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and what
0: a great feeling.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. It was pretty sweet. Matsir, like even the record as a whole, for example, it was the first record that both Matsir and I felt like we we wanted to share. Because um, up to date, before that record, we were just like, yeah, we made another record, but like. There were so many things that we knew we could have worked on, um, that we wanted to work on, that could have changed. Like, it just didn't feel like it reached their their maximum best, if that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like we we were definitely like content with the records before a gaze we're like yes no this is good but we were still very uncertain because of um I think it was our writing process and we were and 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 we were still listening to to well we were finding our footing with regards to our concepts and like how to explore them um and 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 like very very uncertain we were very uncertain we we didn't quite know what they sounded like and then it changed with the gaze The something shifted where it just felt more solid finished like each song felt finished and the best and and we felt like we did the best we could for each song if that makes sense like we really pushed mm-hmm. it as far as it can go without overdoing it of course but um and then like carefully chose um um each song for the album we got rid of a lot um and it was also it was also it was great too and I think because of lowell who who drummed for us um mm. super professional, he's like he's like he's like just like people hire him from ayar oops um from elsewhere sorry I spoke french um From like across Canada, for example, being like, oh, we need a, you know, like he's the one to go to, he's that talented. Um, and I think he really, really helped bring the album to where it could go. Um, Mm -hmm. um, very different drumming style, but also he 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 really brought it to another level, I think than our old drummer, like our old drummer was great, he took direction really, really well, but there was no forward movement, I don't know how to explain it, I feel like I'm I, rambling but you're not at all oh okay I feel okay. like it's
0: it's but... very. I mean, just with like the way that record starts, that goes for like 30 seconds. That beat, I mean, <laughs> what am I? I'm telling you. Um,
1: <laughs> no, no, yeah. But I know, it, right? Yeah. It's
0: purposeful. It's like mm-hmm. you're, I, I think it becomes like pretty clear listening to it after eight seconds that it's going to go longer. It's, you're making us wait and you can't Mm -hmm. do that unless you have a very full confidence in all aspects all matter that exists in the thing
1: yeah i agree yeah and we really did we had we really felt like like with vital we completely on purpose we decided to erase our memory of what we did in the past but keeping in mind like we didn't want to fall into you know certain tropes or fall into the same um formulas that we had done before and experimented with before we really just wanted to to clean to have the clean what is it what's the expression clean slate we wanted to clean slate go back to our original concepts and branch off again from there, knowing what we knew Mm -hmm. through playing live, through experimenting um, with uh, different amps, um, getting to play all kinds of different venues and understanding sound and, and what it can do. And um, yeah, keeping everything that we learned in mind and then going forward in writing.
0: Mm -hmm. And we did that
1: with Vital too. But, um, but yeah, I felt like it was, it was like, we were not necessarily restarting, but we were, it was like a, it it felt like, um, yeah, like just a step off Mm -hmm. from what we were doing. Like we're
2: I <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I,
0: I, I feel because <laughs> I feel like the songs in the last two records definitely go in like a linear progression, and I think that mm-hmm. on the on the others, there's you're hanging on chords more, and it's more of like mm-hmm. what you're doing like within chords and tones, and this one is can do all of those things to songs that go to different places and i like how both of those records have kind of moments in the middle where you're just like left out with like minimal sound going on and just like like a calm but wow comes back i th- i love the shit that you do for real
2: oh thank you so much
1: that means so much you have no <laughs> idea
2: <laughs>
1: it's like so affirming and it's so motivating because we still have no idea we're still like we feel we've I felt the best we ever that. have like yeah. me, but like we're still like oh, i don't know <laughs> if people are going to get it <laughs> If a person likes it and feels something from it, then that is the most we can ask for. But like every time, it's a gamble. We feel like it's a gamble. We're just like, okay, yeah, here you go, <laughs> take what you will. But yeah,
0: so vital. You mm-hmm. kind of you you hold up. You took COVID as as a opportunity i guess to make something it sounds so fucking like nice to be able to do that <laughs> like yeah. within all the terrible it's like cool let's just fucking work the fuck out of these yeah. songs
1: yeah yeah we were we were really we decided early on too to do that um, because all of our tours got canceled
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um and we're just like oh, okay well we had such a great year and a half of or year uh previous touring with our new drummer Tessie. we we had momentum we just we felt good and then and then yeah the world started to end and uh then we it was like without question, we just decided to isolate separately together Mm -hmm. and spend as much time in the practice space working because it also, it was like the only thing that took us outside of what was going on in the world. Um, gave us, um, Gave us some, uh, some, a little bit of joy, um, yeah. which helped us cope with the rest of our lives <laughs> and the peoples around us, our loved ones. Um, and which I'm so grateful for. And we spent, yeah, six months. Wow. Not every day, but three, four, sometimes five days a week um, at the practice space. Really just, w- like, working really hard, but it was also really fun because we got to work with Tussie, um, write mm-hmm. songs with Tussie, and Tussie is a very, like, she's, she's one of those musicians that can pick up any instrument and figure it out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, play it for real, mm-hmm. um she plays everything dr- well drums, guitar, bass, piano. I'm sure if she picked up like some horn instrument, <laughs> she could figure it out, and maybe even i don't even know, but yeah she's just she just has that brain um and uh and so being able to actually write with her changed everything, and it was so it became like not just a joy, but like we felt like I would often tell her that I kind of wish she was part of our band from the beginning because it mm-hmm. would be so interesting to see where we would have gone in the last four albums if she was there in the beginning. Cause she just helped mm-hmm. us move forward so much faster. Um, the writing process was so much faster we were able to like basically hammer out ideas and reject them or build on them or 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 like strip them down and then rebuild them a lot faster than we had in the past
0: Yeah.
2: Um,
1: which was so different and so nice Yeah, those six months were really, they kind of felt like a dream. And it was fun, too, because we live so close to each other. There's the train tracks, like, two blocks east of our buildings, and we would meet up at the train tracks and just walk straight 20 minutes to our practice space. So we came across no one, and it was, like, perfect.
0: (laughs) That's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: along the tracks like freaking teenagers adolescents. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I did I felt like a teenager I felt like I was like doing something a little illegal and I felt like I needed to have like a joint and a and a six-pack and we're gonna sit in the gravel next to the tracks and smoke cigarettes until sundown and we did actually <laughs> after practice we would do that <laughs> Not pot, though, but definitely some beer.
0: Yeah. Just yeah. hanging out, drinking Molson's and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about um, about Half Breed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an excerpt from a book by Alexander Chee. Mm-hmm. And you just straight up sing the words out of the book... Tell me about mm-hmm. about coming to that to that part.
1: I first read that book. Um, I think a couple of years prior to writing "Vital" with the band, um, <clears throat> and when I came across that passage, I really it 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 struck me so hard because it's so eloquently. He's so he. Was, oh gosh! See, I have trouble speaking. I feel like I'm a better writer than I am a speaker. Clearly, anyway. Sorry. Um, but he's I so, think was, you're great.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just saying, you're oh, great. you're, very you're kind.
1: great. <laughs> Thank you. You're mm-hmm.
2: very.
1: Kind. Um, but yeah, he's just. I've never come across such an articulate way to describe the experience of being Um, Mm -hmm. mixed-race. I mean, I would have conversations... I've had conversations with other mixed-race friends, um, and not all of them share the same uh, experience, necessarily, and some of them do, but it's also... There, like, yeah, it's that passage is like a very, it's very common for a lot of mixed race people, but then also to find, um, another mixed race person that is specifically your mix is even, I Mm -hmm. find more rare. And then to find someone who is similar to your mix and then experiences the same things you do is even more rare than that. And so to have, just even to have Alexander Chee's words in front of me, telling me exactly how I've been feeling and and what I've been thinking my whole entire life, um, I did cry a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy to come across these words that I, I like, I just reread that passage over and over again. I wrote it down everywhere because I wanted to memorize it and then I realized that uh I'm just not going to memorize it but I I wanted to I've always wanted to quote some of some passages of of that I've read in the past but I couldn't really justify those passages um but this I felt like I could actually I could actually use these words um and use them in the way that I did with
2: mm-hmm.
1: with half breed um and I felt and I didn't feel like it would necessarily take away from from his uh his narrative I felt like I wasn't disrespecting his narrative because it's it's very much exactly what I've experienced. Um I felt like the only way to truly express those words wasn't just to reread it and to say them out loud a thousand times, but like getting to be able to vocalize them with mm-hmm. the way that I could with the band, it just I don't know. Like, I couldn't pass up this opportunity to quote these
0: words, yeah, um, yeah, for real, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's they're unbelievable words and they fit so well to within the track and within the way. You sing, it's it's a bold move. I love that it's something that you've like kind of been wanting to do, and then here it is, exactly Mm -hmm. as perfect Mm -hmm. as could be.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it did feel bold. It felt it felt a little too bold for what I am used to doing. Um, I was really nervous and afraid, um, and worried about doing this. Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's also why I made sure to, um, to credit him in every possible way. Like even in the music video, um, um, it's in the liner notes. It's, it's, it's everywhere because, uh, I mean, that's just, it's not just the right thing to do, but also (laughs) they're beautiful fucking words. Like people need to know who wrote them. Um, or anyway, uh, um but um but yeah it felt it it did feel it felt it was definitely out of my comfort zone to do that um
2: mm.
1: but it didn't there was not a an ounce of doubt that it would have that it it would it wouldn't be okay what There wasn't an ounce of doubt
2: that it would not not be okay, be okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: it's great. It's yeah. fucking... It's it's oh, such a dope move. Um, <laughs> thank you. I love I, I love the title track on this thing, too. And yeah? Those bells. Like, fuck.
1: I know. Oh, do you know where we found those bells? Where? So we were in... Portland visiting our friends, um, the body. Um,
0: uh-huh.
1: Oh, we were on tour. That's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and Lee and Chip brought us to, uh, I wish I remember what music store it was, but it's, it's a drum store and it looks like it's in a garage and they even have this like, um, little, uh, hallway, two drum rooms but with with, um it's 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 like this little kind of gallery of artifacts um Mm -hmm. and we found these bells there and they're i think they're old i forget where they're from (laughs) matt's year would know um because he has the memory of uh i don't know man he's like a walking encyclopedia for everything but um But that's where we found them. Um, Mm -hmm. And there was only the one, and there was three, on this, like, really, really old leather that it was, like, clearly around either a mule or some working animal. Mm -hmm. The leather was so worn that it was, like, almost falling apart in your hands. Whoa. But the sounds were insane. We pulled together yeah. our money just to buy it because it was a bit expensive. But we're just like, we need these.
0: I love that. Yeah.
1: yeah. And those are those. Inspired by my oh, disco, though. Because my disco does this beautiful thing with bells and this one, like, really minimal long part that they do live. And I think it's also on their record. And Hell that's yeah. your Tessie and I were just like, what? And all mm. Rohan did. He just had the bells up into the, the drum mics, just standing and just barely touching them. And they would just kind of go, like, just sl- almost like wind chimes within a small breeze, like very light breeze, yeah. but not even. Um, oh. So, yeah, we're like, hey, Rohan, is it okay? And they were like, of course. So, we, we
2: <laughs> borrowed that from them. <laughs>
0: Fuck. (laughs) It's funny. Funny, too, that you mentioned the body. Yeah. Because I know that y'all did some cool stuff in Rhode Island. Yeah. Together. Yeah. I can't fucking wait for that.
1: Yeah. That's going to be... I'm not going to say too much, but...
0: You don't have to.
1: I just know that everyone is going to be surprised. Like, surprised.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, this was so fun. Such oh, a yeah? pleasure. Thank, oh, thank you so you. much so for much coming on. Oh. Alright, bubbles, check out Big Brave online. sl.bandcamp.com better yet pie.com better yet podcast.bandcamp.com. Pledge of the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. We will see you next week. Thank you, friends.